0: know i know i do not open this door i had to say it anyway because
1: it doesn't make sense in the movie
0: then i got on top and i spit to it
1: well it doesn't ruin my story it just it just makes it a conversation rather than a story
0: perhaps a little drunk from from the days festivities i would love to meet the woman who liked it i i i know i you know i i i you know i I fucking thought the moon landing, I, I love the moon landing from the standpoint of I believe in the moon landing um, okay so I have a theory
1: and um, you can help me figure out whether my theory wait is it the Jews what <laughs> it's a wait well it doesn't matter Let's call it, we'll call <laughs> it a theory not, please I'm fucking intrigued Let's what's go. the other thing I, I'm losing my sense of words here your theory. That's before a theory, a hypothesis. Okay. Hypothesis. Um, so just tell me this, just like in a yes-no fashion. H- have you read uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. so here's my theory. Okay. <laughs> um, Hemingway stories only make a good transition to the screen mm-hmm. if the... Um, uh, screenwriters are given a wide, wide latitude. The more true they are to the book, the more they stink as movies.:
0: Okay, let me okay, all right let me ask you this. What's, what do you think is the best Hemingway adaptation? Uh,
1: not by miles. I was going to say by miles this morning when I was thinking about it, but but there's one that's also good. Uh, the best adaptation is the killers. And oh the, sure,
0: <laughs> had almost nothing to do with that short story. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, and first of all, it's by nature has a lot of latitude because it's the short story. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's that's actually, and and then the other one is it's one of the rare instances where the movie is better than the book is to have and have not, and I think the reason is because Faulkner was a screen
0: screenwriter on that. Right, and I think wasn't to have and have not one of those things that was like you know like like his notes got posthumously. Uh, published or something like that. I want to say well, I'm not heard aware that before, of that. Yeah, because so, I've read To Heaven Have Not, and it stinks a big one. Like right, the, but I like the movie. And the read movie's not everything that motherfucker ever wrote, too. Uh, Hemingway. Hemingway. Yeah. 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 Not, not Faulkner, really.
1: Right. 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 Probably should. Yeah. Well. Okay. Oh, you've. I'm sorry. I thought you said you love everything he's. He's written, but you're no, saying you've he's read some everything. He's too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, honestly, Sorry, I my favorite
0: is, uh, my favorite Hemingway is, um, oh, fucking The Short Happy Life of Jacob McComber is fucking amazing, mm-hmm. but also A Clean, Well Lighted Place. It's a page and a half. Eh. It's like the shortest thing he ever wrote, but it was yeah. the one that actually kind of broke my, kind of got me to appreciate.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, but definitely. You can see what he's, yeah. yeah,
0: it just totally went, oh, fuck, I get it. And, and now, mm. And understand, like, my mom, when I was growing up, like, when I was like 12, she's trying to get me to read for whom the fucking bells toll. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work because <laughs> I'm a kid, no kid. I, Wait, is it I for resist. whom the
1: bells toll? I thought it was for whom the bell tolls. No, you're right. I'm sorry. Okay, no, no you're okay. Right. right. I fucked that up. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> she was trying. Your mom. I didn't know. I didn't figure your mom for. Uh, oh, a she record. was
0: very pushy about that
1: kind of. Oh, okay, yeah.
0: Very disappointed. I was, you know, that uh, my schooling wasn't better, but not yeah. enough to do anything about it, or right, right, uh, any all that to the side. But no, she was very. Um, yeah, she wanted. Uh, She really craved adult males in the house, and so she kind of pushed that on me.
1: Oh, masculinity by by sort (laughs) of absorbing it through, right? Yeah, okay, I'll I'll buy that. Yeah, so I mean, like, the Old Man of the Sea is not—I don't think it's a very good story, but but I think the film is, uh, and even like, okay, farewell.
0: He should not have gotten it for that. The, the fucking
1: Nobel Prize for that. Oh right, right, that's right. Ridiculous. No, that's, i mean, That's, that's, that's a lifetime a, achievement award as well. That's I'm a about. scent of the woman scent of a woman Ooh, type thing, God right? Damn. Well well so yeah, and it's in uh um Farewell to Arms, not very good. Sun also rises I is love actually terrible. Farewell to Arms. No 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 no. The movies. Oh the movie. no, you're right. No, They're not good. Oh, Farewell to Arms is great. Yeah, I read that Arms is the week one of my that, favorite books. Of that my life. son was you know, Predicted to be born and oh. I, I finished it like, you know a day before he was Ooh, born or there's, something
0: There's some nice, okay
1: Well, there's a, yeah, there's some weird symmetry there because the no. other thing I was reading earlier on in the pregnancy was an American tragedy So there must have been some sort of oh, subliminal oh. thing happening with She's me, but pretty depressing. Yeah, I gave him pretty to think
0: so. Yeah, yeah.
1: anyway, but but um, And really I'm sure sorry. there are Hemingway adaptations. I haven't seen so having said that it's like my th- my hypothesis is the closer it is, the more faithful it is to the book. The worse the movie is, and the more latitude the screenwriters given, the better the movie is going to be. Now, I haven't read "For Whom the Bell Tolls," although oh,
0: okay. the
1: small complaints, uh, not complaints, observations I've seen um, is people noting that there are some things like Heming- Hemingway himself was kind of mad that this movie let Franco off the hook, which actually is kind of makes some sense. Yeah. And also that um, I forget the the, the um, corpulent um, coward um, in Pablo. The, Pablo. Pablo is is not a, really a, a coward in the book. He actually helps set off the, the charges and everything. And so, um, so I don't know if I'm stretching the point to say that the adaptation here was given leeway, and that's why I would consider this the third good Hemingway transition into a movie, but certainly in third place, behind killers and behind To have and have not.
0: Right. Okay. Fair enough. What are your thoughts? Um I guess yeah, sure. How I, right mean, I I can go with you right? because really I have yet to see because I was legitimately when I said what's a good one, I was legitimately sort of asking that. I'd totally yeah. forgotten the killers was right. based on and That's a great <laughs> one. way story. Uh, yeah. yeah, no I mean that, that is a tremendous story. and by its nature it lends itself well to what they did with it. So um, the thing about it was watching this movie, which is, by the way, the movie we're going to be talking about here, mm-hmm. um, is, uh, has made me want to go back and reread the book. Because there were things about the book, because I did read it when I was very when I was pretty young. Yep. There were things about the book that I think I can appreciate now, and more or less in the historical context. I think
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: one of the things that kind of gets sort of missed in... Sort of gets missed in the movie, and I think is more obvious in the book. But the people's stories about, like you know, the morning the uh, the morning the revolution occurred and all like that mm-hmm. have a big fucking weight in the book. That they it was harder to translate it into the movie because they couldn't be as you know they couldn't be as graphic about
1: they it. They couldn't do as many flashbacks, I suppose. Or well, yeah, know. and
0: they also couldn't like you know they could you know they they, they sort of hinted around how barbaric and, and rapey the whole thing genuinely was. But in yeah. the book, it's it's. Much more explicit, and then, and then also, I appreciate now how that was Hemingway's attempt to sort of capture. That was his homage homage to uh, Catalonia, you mm-hmm. know, because yeah. he was he was a reporter there. Right, right, right. right. And there's so, some of the real elements in it. There's a really fun, real element in this movie uh, that's a, that's from the book as well. Um, but I should probably get back to your actual question. Yeah, I guess it's. Well, I mean, it's yeah, not bad. I don't think it's a great movie. Yeah, but it's it's pretty good, and it does. Yeah, I mean it's it's very it's. I say it again, and I say it again. Can you guess the word I'm about to use? Adequate. I'm competent. But. Competent, competent. That's <laughs> yeah, it. That's my word. But. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I mean it's yeah. it's very competent movie making from the time period, but it's not extraordinary.
1: I actually <laughs> think what 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 makes it good, not great is um, the mean average of things that happen because there mm. are things that are really bad in this movie right. but there are things that are, I think, really well done and touching and intre- and like kind of unique in the way that the movie is put together and it's interesting that like uh, apparently it was uh, Paramount even though it came out four years later Paramount touted it as here's our answer to Gone with the Wind Which kind of makes no sense in the beginning when you look at that statement. But it's like, I think it's the grandeur of the color and the scope. But even even the fact that the scope is, it's a story that's told in a a relatively small space. And an amount of time doesn't really make sense for it to be that parallel. And then the other thing is, the color is sort of grand. And the makeup is
0: sort of, sort of terrible. Yeah, yeah. They look like devil day with the inside like, of deviled yeah, Pablo, eggs. Pablo, Pablo looked like he was a blackface a couple of times, man. Mm-hmm. It was that was yeah, pretty rough. Yeah. yeah. yeah the and, color did not help in that, st- that part of it. And there are characters who are
1: great and there are speeches that are great. And then there are characters who kind of vacillate between really cool and interesting and kind of like cringy. I mean just
0: Who's your favorite character in the
1: movie? I mean, I I hate to be so cliché, but I think it's... Now, you're going to... I can't remember any of the the characters' names, but the the woman who's kind of the leader... Oh, Pilar. Oh, Pilar. She's fucking awesome. I think she's a great character. I think the actress did a great job. I mean, what I'm kind of surprised at is... My least favorite acting performance was Ingrid Bergman.
0: Oh, really? I thought it was Gary Cooper for me, but okay. I mean, I could it's see that. Bland, bland to me, it's
1: right? bland, but she's just kind she's of embarrassing. Kind of and this was a little bit. just after Casablanca. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, we get the backstory that she's, I think, has been sexually assaulted is, is, is the idea.
0: And
1: it's, um, you know, kind of akin to, I guess, what happened after World War II with like the, the punishment is like the, the haircut hair, yeah, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And it's like, it's an interesting story, but like one thing that, that it's not her fault all the way. Some of it's the writing she got trapped Ooh, into, but it's like, there. what? <laughs> okay. Is that like, for instance, <laughs> I've, I have I never for one second understood how she was immediately. I mean, Michael Coglione was struck slower by, by the Thunderbolt than she was by Gary Cooper. And it's like suddenly within five minutes, she's in love with him and cannot. And, and his character says a few times like, you're over the top. But it's like that doesn't really do it for me. <laughs> him just saying that. Side note. Re- she does a lot, her voice does a lot of throbbing in this
0: movie. Yeah, <laughs> like it's kind of
1: re- well. The thing about two things. Sorry, I'm saying too many things. I'll let you go. Um, Gary Cooper. I never find. I like him. I I'd say, mm-hmm. I'd say competent for him. I never find him super charged up. Yeah. And even high noon, he's kind of a, a stone face, and maybe that's his appeal. Right? Right, right. That's fine. So it didn't bother me as much that he's just being Gary Cooper in this thing, but she had just done Casablanca, and she was about to do Gaslight. And it's like, she's amazing. I mean, she her run in the 40s was like crazy good. I mean, even that movie Intermezzo from the 30s that we did the one time, the Swedish movie you know, right. with, with mm-hmm. uh, our adaptation. This is just like a, a kind of a high school caricature.
0: I, I, uh, okay, so I'm going to go with you on that because she's, she's turgid, I think is one way of putting it. Again. Yeah. Her performance is that. I think, I'm going to call that notes. I'm going to say that's the director. Yeah. As much as I, it doesn't seem like a choice that she necessarily would have made, but it it felt to me like a choice that sort of came from above that she had to go with because I think she's a smarter actor than this.
1: Yeah, and I have I've never seen her be as off as I thought. What do you mean, Joseph? Yeah, I mean it was
0: really kind of weird sometimes.
1: Kind of extraordinary mm-hmm. how bad she was.
0: I like the old man. He was my favorite character. I just got to say that. The the original old man, not the gypsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of like the gypsy too, to be honest with you. But, you know, that's just how I think Spaniards are. But... uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's one of those... (laughs) It's a weird thing, you know. And and race, you know, oftentimes gets analyzed in these situations. But it is kind of a strange thing that we... Like, we make this film. There's an expat, you know... Gary Cooper, who comes into the scene, and he is a, de- a demolition expert, mm-hmm. but two things happen. It's like almost everyone around him who's also a rebel is like borderline like special needs. <laughs> and also, it is like, I guess if we make a movie in Hollywood in 1943, mm, I guess the American, I was going to say white, <laughs> but let's just say American or whatever, has to come in. It's sort of like, what the fuck? The The gypsy, I mean, not only was it like, hey, we don't have time for you to pick everyone's pockets, but I want to. <laughs> and then it's like uh, Gary Cooper, t- uh, the, the old man can't read. And he says, and that's believable. But it's like, so he he comes up with this chart for like checking off the tanks and everything. Right. And the gypsy like, that pencil's got a real education in it. Going, 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 going. And it's like uh, Gary Cooper actually a couple of times says to a few characters, Stop being a clown, and I sort of feel like, wait, was
0: that ad lib? <laughs> because these people are well, insane. I, that's one of the things I actually remember from the book is that whole scene of him like teaching them how to, yeah, uh, with the picture. Yeah, that's cool. That's actually interesting. That, I don't remember the gypsies' comment on that, but uh, yeah, you're right. It does sound weirdly clownish. For
1: sure. And then other things like, I mean, I, obviously this was this part was intentional, and and I found it funny, but I still, <laughs> after a while, some guy, the one of the, the lesser ancillary you know rebel characters he's been he's gone home for the day for lunch apparently and then snuck back into the cave with them and so well is there anything that is no no nothing well there's a fleet of uh, an army after us. you're kidding me anything else no not another thing like i mean g- the, the air it's force is a been, comedy <laughs> sketch <really>. yeah yeah <laughs> but, but okay the air force and the army's out. anything else? no no I, I swear that's the end of it i mean there's an assassination plot afoot it's like
0: yeah, you're going to be launching bears into our camp later today, but that's just...
1: So that's where I don't know if it's Hemingway or if it's if it's the adaptation, yeah. because is the point that, like, these rebels are simultaneously kind of, like, Rasta relaxed, you know, in, in their approach to life, or what's <laughs> your characterization no. here? I
0: think it's just that they're incredibly not American, I think. I guess, and I, therefore not sophisticated. That. I think it really is. I believe that, again, is notes from on, from on high. Probably, yeah. It's yeah. Louis Mayer going, like, ah, make this, you yeah. know. Well Make also, them be swarthy.
1: So forty three, right? I mean let's let's assume it's it's filmed in forty two. You know, the span, you're looking back at thirty-seven, I think, was where this takes takes place and you're looking thirty-seven. Okay, so you're looking back at the, the Spanish Civil War and it's you know, you have, you know, fascists and communists and like Jesus, who do you cheer for here? But I'm guessing that I'm guessing you could correct me on this, that by forty three we're we're kind of pre screening our propaganda about communists.
0: Worse than that. That's actually. I said earlier that there's this really interesting historical fact that came that comes out of this that's yeah. in the book and the movie as well, which is that again Hemingway was a was a reporter mm-hmm. in Spain. So the Gary Cooper character is an actual guy. Mm-hmm. He's a, an American. I think he was a, uh, a like a wildcat a wildcatter in the oil rigs, and he knew how to use explosives. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he got employed to do that, and of course, because he was like super pro unionist and labor. He went and fought for the communists. Mm-hmm. Come World War II, and and this actually comes out because Studs Terkel did an interview with this guy,
1: with the actual
0: guy, with the actual guy, yeah. yeah. And he was part of a of a group of people who fought in the Spanish Americans, expatriates who fought in the Spanish Civil War, right. and they couldn't, they wouldn't be, pu- they wouldn't not put them on an active front uh, during World War II because they were premature uh, anti fascists.
1: pre You mean you mean the rebels? Labeled them premature anti-fascists. No, no, the American
0: government <laughs> said they were premature anti-fascists. What does and that, that mean, were, premature? That means that they fought against the fascists in Spain before the America was at war with the fascists. That's literally the label that they were.
1: Getting. But is that a problem? Is it? Is the label meant to be? A, well, that means uh, they're communists. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, I was code, for, your point. it's code for Got economy okay, a sympathizer, yeah, yeah. right?
0: And even though some of these guys were the most, like, were, were incredibly experienced combatants because yeah, they yeah. had been in the Spanish Civil War, right. and uh, the guy that was the head of the OSS, uh, Donovan, yeah. tried to get a bunch of them, really tried to recruit heavily onto them, and he could, and then he could, and it was always, like, a constant battle to keep these guys yeah. engaged in any way, and they were, like, these, these incredibly... Uh, well, uh, well experienced guerrilla fighters. Yeah. You think we'd have had we'd, we'd have looked for, but again, they were they were they were they were painted with the brush of being communist.
1: That's interesting because I remember reading. I, I wonder if this is associated. I remember reading elsewhere that Gary Cooper had a bit of a problem with Arthur Miller. He, he thought Arthur Miller had um, didn't like America, and Arthur Miller was always painting America in a bad light. And it's like, I mean, like he was, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, but also, uh, I, I wonder Roth. if Gary Cooper had to do some sort of scrambling, even, even though he, I think he was a pretty conservative guy, but had to do some scrambling after this film to sort of reestablish, you know. I don't know. I, I'm just curious. I don't know either.
0: Yeah. It's really, it would be really interesting to see where this came in in the uh, the HUAC hearings later on.
1: Huh. Yeah. House of Un American Activities. Right. Sorry. Just for our.
0: Uh, House on American Activities Committee. Our, P- our listeners from New Jersey. Nah. We need to inform them. It's Alex Jones before there was Alex Jones. Let me tell you about uh, the frogs, people,
1: gay uh, frogs. Yeah. So I thought the the movie, but then there were all these beautiful scenes, like uh, the scene where the the five guys who are on top on a ledge, mm-hmm. and they all um, sort of fire their weapons so that they it, it would so the enemy might assume they've committed suicide up there.
0: Right, yes.
1: It's actually kind of a really intriguing and, and kind of beautiful scene, the way they go out. Because usually in films, like, like we're going out, you know, we're going toward our death. It's done in a corny fashion. Yeah. And this was not only the idea was interesting, they shot it in a way that, like, you don't see everything. And then you learn later on that they're all beheaded. Right. By, yeah. by the by the general's, whatever, army who had been shot. I
0: like the fact that this, this book and this movie, by the way, not nearly his best book, as I recall. But again, I want yeah. to reread it. Uh, could be like about four different movies. Yeah, that you could definitely you you could do that. It would be they would make some pretty good. I think they make they would make better movies than you know in in the separation than they did in the aggregate. Frankly,
1: you know it, 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 the the comparison the Paramount wanted to make was um, <laughs> was uh, uh, the Gone with the Wind, which still makes no uh, sense I to have me. No idea what they're talking. But about. I, I, one that I've heard that kind of I found intriguing was the Sand Pebbles. Okay. And even in the way Gary Cooper and and Steve McQueen leave uh, Candace Bergen or Ingrid Bergman, mm-hmm. that kind of like left behind. And, and there's a, a kind of a over the top, a beautiful scene with Gary Cooper deciding like what can keep him going. And the narration, like Hemingway's narration comes in again, like the things that can keep him going and, right, and right, right, the right. things that will not do. So there are lots of moments like that that I, I find Extraordinarily, like out of place for 1943, and kind of innovative and and um, authentic as much as I can. It feels de- like those are the like moments when
0: Hemingway's kind of doing—that's his voice coming through, just
1: coming bit. through. Yeah. yeah, and it's like a lot of it was. Um, no
0: hacks could fuck this up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like what you said about notes. Yeah, there's a, a, a Daryl Zanig or, or somebody yeah. sort of coming in and and uh, and making less sense out Cigar. of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> It's a movie. It's like two hours and 45 minutes. It's a really long
0: movie. It's a very long movie. I was kind of surprised by that. Well, okay. But I was kind of surprised by that. I was wonder why... Da- 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 this was not one of Dad's favorite movies. I yeah, yeah. have to tell you that, probably because it came smacked a pro-communism. Yeah. Um, but he also had a heavily abridged version of it. Like, the one he had on tape, I, I, I remember watching it, and it was like, there was a good chunk of this movie that was not yeah. you know, on it's his in Acapulco, tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that was Tampico, actually. And they were digging for gold. It was strange. Yeah. No, but it was, yeah, I mean... So, I again, I was shocked at how long the movie was. Yeah, yeah. But not surprised, because Dad had, I think, pretty, I, I mean, it might have been TBS, but it felt like, eh, it's probably Dad's editing more than anything.
1: I was looking at the um, the salaries. How much do you think Gary Cooper made uh, for this movie?
0: Uh, I don't know. Half a million.
1: He made $190,000, and except for one movie, which was ninety thousand dollars and, and wow. for the rest of his career, the highest selling he ever got from a movie, died in 1961, was $270,000, except for they came to Cordoba, which, which netted him $500,000, which I feel is a story behind. You know the, the story of John Wayne in The Longest Day? No. He was mad about um, what somebody in that cast had said to him. And so the longest day, like Judgment at Nuremberg, is a, an ensemble piece, right? right yeah, yeah. And it, it has, um, like Judgment at Nuremberg, a lot of people were willing to like. I think like Montgomery Clift worked for like scale or something. I mean, there were people who were willing to like and this. People who
0: were not at all stars at that point, too. It was pretty
1: shocking. Well, there's that, too. But, but my point yeah. being people who can command a really big salary, mm-hmm. everyone in The Longest Day agreed for it to be such a huge ensemble cast to $30,000, which even in 1962 wow. was a pretty low salary yeah, for a movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the last to sign was Wayne, and he asked what everyone was getting, and then he demanded 300000 10 times as much as everyone else did. And he he was kind of captive to it. I
0: love Wade. Just sounds he's like he was a fucking such a piece toolbox. of
1: garbage. That guy. I mean, he's an an some great films, but but anyway, Gary Cooper. Ah, oh,
0: Donovans Reeve. How could you know that
1: guy? <laughs> Gary Cooper, by the way. Oh, here's what I wanted to say. Well, Gary Cooper, by the way, you remember this? He was an early lover of um, Lupe Valle's famous right? toilet swimmer, right? Mm-hmm. And um, in this movie, Gary Cooper said <laughs> that Ingrid Bergman.
0: What are you doing laps? The
1: actress was like the the character. He said, I've never, ever experienced anyone falling as deeply and quickly in love with me as Ingrid Bergman did when we were shooting that. And then he said, the day it came out, I couldn't get her to return a call. (laughs) And I think it's like, I kind of believe that that's as much as I like her. I kind of think that seems like Ingrid Bergman, someone who just rapidly (laughs) fell in love and then just forgot about you.
0: Or maybe and, she was just manipulating the situation. Maybe she never was. That's, maybe she I was kind of method acting him. Yeah, I kind of prefer that interpretation. I like she that played, too. The, she played the coop. Played. Then she flew the. Then
1: she flew the coop. <laughs> Damn God, you, I didn't Tom! Did to you yeah, go there? Bit, but yeah, yeah. There. Um, yeah so, uh,
0: what else do I want to say? Um, what do you have? I'm sorry, I'm scrambling. I'm just um, kind of scrambling, too. Not, not a lot more to say. I, I, I thought it was, like I said, it's a very competent movie. I did think mm-hmm. it was a great movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how anybody's going to try to compare this to uh, Gone with the Wind, which, for me, is a little challenging because I, I, I admire Gone with the Wind and yeah. I, kind of bored, I kind of fucking hate it, too, i got to be honest with you. Right. But uh, we've, we've already talked about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, I want to talk about the music. This movie at least held my attention throughout.
1: I thought the music was really good. I thought it... it, And by the way, also, you know how um, the soundtrack to Vertigo shows up in other movies sometimes? This soundtrack, I swear to God, it's very similar to Sunset Boulevard. Really? Yeah. Well, these... You know, the guy... I I forget the guy's name, but the, the composer for the soundtrack of this, he has like something like 170 film credits.
0: I love and those I guys, think, man, I fucking love. Those I guys. think
1: they were just cribbing off each other all uh, the time. Probably, probably. It just probably. didn't matter at all.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. No. Yeah. That, the, that's for sure.
1: The woman who played Pilar, by the way, won the best supporting actress. Did she? And I, I think, think she fucking deserved. it. I think so too. I thought she, she was she fantastic. Was tri- she
0: was, hers was the best sort of measured acting in the whole. Guy, in oh, the whole damn movie! Well, well, well the, the bridge did a good job. But <laughs> Jesus. That was me, folks. Holy shit. That's usually me.
1: Microphone just collapsed. Um there microphone he means. I want I wanted to mention this other scene. Um and she was in it and I, uh uh the the coward, right? The um, Pablo. Pablo, okay. So Pilar and Pablo, and it's a flashback to when the revolution was first happening, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like it. First of all, it's such a great scene because you see those two actors transform themselves to the naive version yeah, that yeah. preceded what they are now, yeah. and then also you you see a bit of writing that's like it, how necessary a revolution like that is, and how necessarily unfair it is immediately yeah once it's once it's acted out
0: and it's and it's it's really great to like her reaction to that oh yeah it's amazing it's wonderful it's the same in the book uh maybe a little bit more so but it's just it's just like immediately becoming disgusted with this necessary thing yeah and it's why she's
1: become who she is this hardened hardened woman who who um is willing to kill anyone for, for the cause you know
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, was it from? Uh, no, 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 I can't remember the movie, but yeah. Well,
1: also, I'm going to say this. I think this. Deserve
0: it, has nothing to do with it. That's it.
1: Yes. This uh, bridge and um, train mm-hmm. blow up is pretty, pretty, pretty good for 1943, given that yeah. it took 14 years for us to get Bridge in the River Kwai, which is a better one, but only a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's easy to fuck that up, isn't it? Like you'd have it like say Mattel on the side of the goddamn train or some shit like that. (laughs) But no, I mean, as practical effects go, yeah, they did a really good job of it. I thought. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. Yeah, Yeah, it was nice. It was a nice, nice.
1: We should do obviously not soon, given that we just did this one. um, But we should do a Hemingway. Episode sometime.
0: Okay, I'm all over that. All right. Let's put the phone, let's put that on the fucking yeah yeah yeah. Let's put that on the ballot. Okay, sounds good. Okay, well, well um, hey, before we go though, I do want to take a second out, and mm-hmm. uh, I just want to talk about uh, James Conn. He he just passed away today. All right. I here's the thing. I like James Con I heard they got
1: him at the toll booth. What? I heard they got him at the toll booth. Well,
0: look what they did to my boy. They massacred him. Um, it's Tom, kind of a shame. I always thought he'd be a bigger star than he ended up being.
1: I heard some cars outside. Please tell your podcast partner
0: <laughs> what, <laughs> what everyone tell, tell else is afraid podcast, to tell no, me. What everybody else seems to know. I've had my drink. Um, no, I just it's it's like it's like, watch like his career. Mm-hmm. Why was why didn't he be why wasn't he a Bronson?
1: <laughs> I prefer you if you say it the other way. Why didn't he be a Bronson? Well, well, because he was smarter. Well, no, that's a no.
0: He just didn't have as many roles, and I guess I don't know. It's just one of those, one of those things where I think he was. I think he was a really good actor, and he could have pulled off a lot. Maybe was maybe he was just such an asshole in real life. I don't know.
1: I heard he was a very, very much an asshole in real life. Ah, I I mean, RIP. (laughs) It's a bummer. But but um but uh but I fucking love. I I think he has like five. He's like John Cassavetes. Go, go
0: rewatch *Misery*. What a fucking great movie that was.
1: *Misery* is a fan. That's one of the five I would say. He's got like five really, really good I movies. I've seen
0: a bunch of them, so we might be doing that soon. Uh,
1: okay, uh, *Thief* is fantastic. Seen it? It's one of the best mob, mob you know, kind of associated You've, movies ever. I've never
0: seen *The Gambler*. I've never seen *The Thief*, and I've never seen *Brian's Song*.
1: Yeah, *Brian's Song*. I mean, I get That's why the it, one. it's kind That's of. I mean, awesome. in the same way that you, if you go watch *Love Story*. You kind of go in rolling your eyes and you come out going like, okay, but you're, it's not a masterpiece, that's for sure, but you, you get why people were into it. So let's conclude let's Brian's song, Godfather, obviously, um, uh,
0: Thief, Elf. I mean, <laughs> it gets fucked up very quickly <laughs> when you start going no that's what the I'm flip.
1: saying so like what else did he do that was really great oh I mean even like A Bridge Too Far when he was doing those type of movies he did a few ensemble things it's like he didn't really stand out it's not like I'm shitting a guy who just died but the thing is um, I just sort of feel like he's 82 he he gave us five right. great yeah. movies, and I'm and none of them have Dude. appeared in the last forty years. No, so why? <laughs> Sorry, well, Elf, Elf, but why did like the him. good die so old? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm not saying that.
0: I'm just, I'm just looking at like the career. I thought that guy should deserve. He never had. It's kind of a bummer to me. That's, I don't know why I wanted.
1: Right well, there. I don't know. Did he deserve he, it? Is the question though? Because I, I mean, Thief is good, is really and good Godfather is good. Yeah, you know.
0: Misery. Go watch it. Oh, that I again. keep forgetting he's about such Misery. A good Misery's actor. pretty great. He pulls that
1: one off. Misery's great. You are right about that. The thing with Godfather is, you know, the the three problems I have with Godfather, at least two of them are James Caan. I am <laughs> I think he's great in it. Don't get me wrong. I think he's great. No one else could have like done the Sonny. He plays in that one. Well, it, maybe it's the writing too, but the two things the the one, the, the his scene, we talked about that at the Toll booth is <laughs> insane. It's a marionette. And then the other thing is Even worse is the is the line that has bothered me since I was nine years old in that movie, where he just goes out of his way to tell Tessio, "I don't want my brother coming out of there with nothing but his dick in his hand." Like, (laughs) who who thought that? What are you talking? Like, you're forcing that line. Yeah, it's a good
0: line though. It's a good writing. That's a Mario. That's a Puzo, my friend. But compare this, Brian Puzo,
1: which is unfair. But compare this to like Pacino's acting at the table five minutes later. That's some. Come on!
0: Yeah, but then I recently watched Scent of a Woman and that fucked all of that up.
1: Yeah, Scent of the Woman's so not. Bad. Yeah, not that <laughs> good. So What's that? I got piss like, badly. Oh, okay. Um, I, get, um, I really have to pee. Okay, catch you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>